Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. I first saw Karen standing on a stage much like I am. Looking at her, you'd have never known that she was a heroin addict. You'd never know that she had been a prostitute. You see, she was the children's leader, the, their children's pastor in that church, and, and there was a radiant beauty in her life that was astonishing. Karen had grown up in a family uh, that was very real world. And in this family, um, she was not well loved. God's will was not done and faithlessness kept his kingdom from coming. Karen was used by men who should have loved her and broken uh, in ways that, that some of you know all too well. And in her brokenness, she looked for answers but saw no Jesus, none was present for her to see and she did what we often do. Uh, we turn to our God substitutes, other men, other women, and we look for answers where there really are none. We look for filling where there is only empty. One abortion came and then another, and more brokenness and more regret. The pain that she thought could not increase did and the only way that it seemed to go away was when she was drunk or high. And even that was a law of diminishing returns. Heroin became as much of a friend, I guess, as she knew. And her story was, humanly speaking, hopeless. Statistically, the people who recover from where she was, it's very small. And the people who stay recovered is even smaller. But Jesus, Jesus came. And he came into her life uh, through people who were changed by his love. And she who had thought the church would be a place of rejection, she who stayed away from the church as, as a place where, um, where she would be judged and, and, you know, just shamed above all things, um, the church to her was, in her mind, like uh, a, a, a red-hot you know, bar that you would not grab, you would not reach out to, you'd stay away from. But she, she saw Jesus in the lives of people changed. And they loved her well, and hope began to come alive in her life, and everything began to change. And it wasn't magic wand and, and it wasn't struggle free and, and it wasn't uh, a journey uh, like some Disney story that was without pain or fear. Uh, it was very real world and, and very real Jesus and very real hope. But there was very real change. And this woman who um, 10 years earlier I would not have recognized for the ravages of drugs in her life stood before us that day, beautiful in more than body, whole, and literally just radiating the hope 
and love of Jesus. 2,000 years ago, in Jerusalem, the country was occupied and, and broken. Faith was really nowhere to be found. God had been silent for 400 years before the birth of Jesus. And things were at probably one of the lowest places that they could have ever been, other than maybe the captivity when they were wearing chains. And all the people in Jerusalem uh, were going about their business, just like you and I are going about ours this Christmas. And they were coping with life just like you. I pray that in a holy imagination that you can see the past and the future in a real way that, that, that doesn't make only our experience real. We do that a lot. The past, the past um, becomes very one-dimensional and the future becomes very plastic and it's as though only our lives are real and full of pain and challenges. But the truth is, metaphorically speaking, 2,000 years ago, uh, people were bumping into each other and daughters were struggling with dads and mothers were struggling with sons and people were fighting over bills and some people were unemployed and other people were looking for jobs and people were disappointed in parents and, and on and on. Everything that is real for you and I here and now, it was real then. Husbands uh, struggling in marriages, wives looking around wondering, is there somebody better for me than him? It was all the same. In fact, if you can imagine right now, just, just to kind of get a big picture, if you can imagine an anthill and all the busyness that's going on around, that's us. That's them, and that's the future, but for God. In the midst of all of this, God subtly revealed hope in the world. And the scripture tells us that, that there were magi who came from the east. Now, we religious people make up a lot of junk to fill in the blanks and, and to kind of control God. You know that, right? Religious people make up junk, a lot of it. You know, they weren't kings, at least the scripture doesn't say so. Um, they weren't, uh, we don't even know there was three of them, but some of us, have you ever heard the names of the three? Anybody here? So, so we Christians made up some names for them and, and assigned them to it, you know. Um, in fact, Marco Polo in the, in the 13th century actually uh, went by um, you know, the tomb of the, uh, the three, even though there isn't three, um, uh, somewhere in, in what's now modern Iran, which is probably where these guys came from anyway. So in the midst of all of life happening with all of its brokenness and life happening with all of its pain and life happening with all of its brevity, then and now, what was different about Karen's story? What was different about their story? Matthew 2, 1 says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw, we saw his star in the east. That is, the word literally is at the, at the sun rising. And have come to worship him. 
So please just get this picture of life happening, life humming along, um, all kinds of concerns in life, all kinds of issues. Your mind is captured by, by what's next. Your mind is occupied by your problems and your issues. And as Gwen always says, issues bring tissues, you know. And life is just churning along and, and, and rocking along and, and, and then suddenly something is very different about these magi. These guys weren't even God's people. They were pagans. They, they didn't have the right skin color. They didn't speak the right language. They didn't have the right theological pedigree. They were outsiders. They were not Jews. In fact, they were, they were, they were so pagan, they were astrologers. Probably Zoroastrians. There's a mouthful. But whatever they were, in the busyness of their short life, they looked up. And, and in looking up, they saw a hope that was different than anything they had ever seen before, and it changed them. In Karen's life, along her way in the journey, she was able to see the light of Christ, and for the first time in her life, she did not merely look back and see a life tied to shame and brokenness and, and the pain of being so badly used by stupidly selfish men. She didn't just look around at her circumstances and see how broken and dead they were, how hopeless things were. And she didn't just look ahead like we often do and, and create some imaginary future where all will be well if only this happens. We call that magical thinking, right? I know one family's plan, true story, one family's plan uh, greatly in debt. Their, their plan for the future and their retirement and the plan for getting out of debt was, was this. The lottery. <laughs> really? Is this a joke? No, we're serious. We're going to win the lottery. Okay. When she looked around, she, she didn't merely see life as it was and look ahead and see life as it is always going to be. She didn't look around and see a past so broken that there's no way anyone could humanly rise from that. What she did was she looked up. And in looking up, faith helped her interpret life differently because other people look up and all they see is the emptiness of the night sky. She looked up and she saw the same star of, of Bethlehem. She saw a light over the darkness of the world. And, and, and she looked up and she, she saw hope in the love of Jesus. And that hope was more powerful than heroin, more powerful than her prostitution, more powerful than anything else in her life. And it changed her. And being changed... She led change. This Christmas, I want us as the church of the living God and as people who are maybe are God seekers but not Jesus followers yet, I want us to be alive in hope for the rest of our lives. And I'm not gonna paint for you some easy story of what your life is gonna be like. I don't wanna really know. I used to. I don't really wanna know what's ahead of me. I really don't. Because you know what? I might not like it. I might not want to go there. I can remember when I ran cross country at about the 2.8 mile mark thinking, why in the world did I ever agree to start this thing, you know? Because I am dying now. 
But here's the deal. The only way to not be alive in the hope is to, to look back and be tied to a past that is insurmountable. To look around and to see nothing but more brokenness. To look ahead and to, to see through the magical future that you've created for yourself and to feel its emptiness. But when you look ahead and you see a Jesus who is there waiting and you look back and you see a Jesus whose blood has forgiven you from every chain that binds you and every sin that that you don't want anybody to know about. When you look around you and you don't just see circumstances that are impossible, but you see a Jesus to whom nothing was impossible, you see hope and you come alive in hope. And when you are alive in hope and, and you, you are changed by it, how do you know if you're alive in hope? How do you know if you've been changed? Well, here's the deal. With all the struggles and all the imperfections, with all of the process and all the mess, when you are alive in hope, you are on mission bringing change to other people without hope. And so I want to give you three keys this Christmas to becoming ever more alive in hope. And I want you to say them with me. They're really hard to remember. Right? Not. So say them with me. Look up. See hope. And be changed. And when you are changed, you will be sent by God to be a change agent in the world. These three men... If there were three, there may have been ten. These pagans, these people who knew nothing, uh, uh, you know, before uh, this season of life, discovered something that changed everything for them and for us. And in the night sky, I want you to, again, we're just looking at a big picture of, of, of life. I, I want you to step back from the busyness. I want you to, to, to not be one of the ants just bumping into the other ants. I want you to, to step up and, and look out on the horizons of your life. God caused that, that star to be shining over the world. But faithlessness couldn't see it. Busyness couldn't see it. Something in their, their hearts were captured by, by the, 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 the light of God. And when they looked up and they saw the, scars, the stars, they, they, their eyes were captured by it. Again, please don't have some, some comic book or, or cartoonish vision of these people. They were people just like you, with choices to make just like you, with, with forks in the road just like you, up or down, forward or backwards, good or bad. They had all those same choices. But as they looked around in life, they decided that there must be more, and so they looked up. What has captured your attention in life and is keeping you from looking up? Are you focused on problems? Are you focused on regret? Has shame captured your heart? Fear? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, oh my gosh. The truth is that, that, that most of us here have our attentions utterly captured by, by the world around us. But God has appeared and has declared in a, in a beautiful way that must be believed and can be easily dismissed. I am the light of the world in John 8, 12. 
And whoever believes in me, who's ever willing to put their hope in me, who's ever willing to follow me in a changed way of living, they will never walk in darkness but have the light of life. Look up. You're at the hospital and cancer has arrived in your world. You never saw it coming. And the doctor's a word, just mentioning it, has just left you reeling and numb. In that moment, what has your attention? As the world goes dark with the death of someone you love, or as the world goes dark in the loss of a job, or the betrayal of someone who loved you or should have loved you best, as the world goes completely dark in those moments, there is a light shining over that circumstance. And it is the same light that shone guiding these uh, wise men smart enough to look up and to, to, to seek Jesus. The, the light of, of God's love is shining over your pain, your problems, your addiction, your cancer, your fill in the blank. But you have to look up and you have to see it. Because in the busyness of your short life on planet earth, because your life is no more real than the people who are dead now lived a generation before you and, and no more real than the lives of the people who lived two generations before you and are dead now, all our lives are the same and our end is the same and, and our distractions are the same. You can look up and you can see nothing you can look up and see no light, but I'm just telling you the star of Bethlehem is shining brilliantly over your pain. These three men saw, these guys saw what nobody else saw. They saw hope above and they ran towards it. Can you imagine having a conversation, gentlemen, with your wives? Hey, honey, um, I saw a star in the, the night sky and I'm going to be gone for the next six months. <laughs> By the way, I've emptied the bank account because um, I need to give, you know, uh, really expensive gifts to somebody I don't know. Um, so you and the kids have a great time and um, I'll see you sometime later. I would not want to have that conversation. <laughs> but they saw when they looked up, they saw something divine. Their hearts, uh, they, they let their hearts soften and, and, and they, they felt the divine and the call of, of heaven and hope and reality break through all the busyness of the world and, and they saw a hope that changed them and they ran towards hope. Look up. Look up. Because above what is hopeless to you now, there is hope. There is a, the light of Jesus shining on that problem. Linda's story I heard again yesterday. Linda lives in, in Brooklyn Park um, and in a rough neighborhood and with a rough family. And she was not loved well as either. Her father's love to her was expressed like this. I can't wait till you turn 18 and I can kick you out of the house and I don't have to pay for your, your life anymore. When she turned 18, she, she left the house and, you know, um, in a family that completely 
uh, devalued women and, and, and actually told them they were good for one thing, she found the one thing that she could do to make a living and she became a prostitute. She um, went from broken um, you know, relationship to broken relationship and abusive man to um, the last abusive man fathered her three children which she raised alone. And when she thought her life was basically over and done, she just moved into her basement and just lived there for 10 years because a good week for her was a week not having to interact with anybody that might hurt her or to interact with somebody that she might hurt. If she could stay in her basement and not have to, to have anything to do with anybody, then, then, then that was a good week. It was success. But something happened. And God sent a light into her life. And through the love of Christ's followers who were changed, she looked up and she saw hope that, that her life might not be over, that there could be something more ahead. And she put her hope in Jesus. And she was changed. And she who spent 10 years hiding from a broken world in a basement now spends her weeks at the well serving other people. Into your world, a light has come. Most will not see it. Most will be consumed with the problems of the past and the challenges of the present or the imaginary things in the future that might satisfy whether it's more sexuality or more possessions or, or other people in life. Most people are going to live their whole life uh, running around like the, the ant without purpose and then they will die and pass to eternity. But over this broken world, I'm telling you that a light has dawned. His name is Jesus. And that you and I need to look up in every moment. We need to look up to begin our life with God and then as a way of living, to be alive in hope, we need to look up and to take our attention away from whatever lesser thing has captured it and to see hope with a face, with a heart, and with a name, Jesus. And in what felt deadly dark and and life ending we now see the resurrection power of Jesus and we yield control and we yield fear and we come alive in hope in ways that doesn't mean life isn't still full of challenges and pains and problems but we are now alive in hope and and you can tell when when hope is present because there there is progress there is change there is increase there is creativity there is growth there is imagination there is more life We were poor when we grew up. And I, I have to give credit to my mom because in our house, I mean, like, there's our house and then the poor house next to it, and they're both poor, but one house, you know, the paint is flaking off, there's a bunch of junk in the yard, the grass isn't cut, and you can just tell from the house that there's, that hope doesn't live here. Things can't be better, things can't improve. In our house, the grass was cut. The holes with clothes in them were clean, um, and 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 there was evidence of, of of some hope. 
Guys, so many of you are just letting your lives just pass hopelessly by. And the impact that God wants you to have on life, you're fearing out and forfeiting. You're living self-centered and, and it's not working for you. You're not any happier than you were two years ago in your unhappiness then. And God is saying, no, I want you to come alive. I want you to be changed by hope. I want your heart to be captured by the imagination of, of what I can do. I, a God to whom nothing is impossible. I'm the God who, who parts the waters. I'm the God who raises the dead. I'm the God who allows the, the lame to dance and the blind to see and the deaf to, to hear music for the first time in their souls. I am the God who holds the future and forgives the past. I am the God who is love and who wants you to come home. But you have to look up. And you have to see hope and you have to have the faith to be changed and then to be a change agent for the rest of your life. I'm telling you, you need to live a bigger life for the cause of Christ. And this church needs to have a bigger impact in our community for the cause of Christ. There should be no hope deficit in, in the world when the church of the living God is, is doing its its. It's answering its call is, is fulfilling God's purpose. And so today in the name of Jesus, I'm calling you to hope. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if Jesus for you just seems like a story made up long ago, if it just seems for you like your Catholic past, or your Presbyterian pew sitting days, or your, your Baptist card filling out, if, if it's all dead to you, it can come alive. But you have to look up. Look up above religious people. Don't let them capture your heart. Look up and see hope in Jesus. And believe in him enough to the point where you are changed. If you do not let him change you, then you are not believing. Some of the rest of us here, we've, we've begun this journey, but, but I'm just telling you the darkness has reinvaded life and we are living small in fear and, and we are not giving our lives away and we are self-centered and, and the sexuality that we're pursuing is, is broken and, and the success that we're after is, is magical thinking and we need, to, we need to this Christmas have our hearts utterly recaptured by the star of Bethlehem and, and the beauty of a God who would shine light into darkness. And we need to, to turn again to Jesus in a way that, that makes us alive again, that we charge the hill again, that we re-engage in our marriages again, that we don't give up on our kids any longer, that, that we believe that God can do astonishing things through us because he is God, amen? So are you alive in hope? I'm just telling you, last thing I'm going to say is it is so incredibly easy to miss it. Millions looked up and saw nothing but an ordinary night sky. And millions will, will look at this Jesus story this Christmas and, and for a moment there'll be a faint recognition, a glimmer, but, but it'll all pass and life will return to normal and nothing will change and death will just be on its way in time. But for some of you today, you're like the Magi. You're going to look up. 
You're going to see the reality that there is hope in this world and you're going to let God change you and Jesus will be your hope from this day forward and you will never let go. And because you never let go, the Karens of this world will be changed. The, the Lindas of this world will have their lives changed. The broken will be made whole and, and more light will spread into the darkness. And then one day Jesus will come and he will look at you and you will run to him and, and, and wrap your arms around him and, and he will say to you, well, well done, my daughter. Good run, my son. Way to fight the fight. And then forever and ever and ever, we will be home in the light of Bethlehem's star. Right now, I'm just going to ask you to let the Holy Spirit do a work in your life. I'm going to ask us to come and humble ourselves and kneel before God. And, and if there is hopelessness, to allow hope to just, just to invite it back in, to, to, to look up, to tell God, God, today we, we see and we believe and we want our hearts to be made alive in hope. So Father God, in Jesus' name, I'm asking that you would do a, a work supernatural in our hearts that would illuminate the darkness again and capture us. And Father, send us on a journey, uh, Lord, of joy, just like the Magi. God, all over this, this auditorium, may, may attentions be captured, may hearts be lifted, may lives be changed because we believe in Jesus. It's in his name we pray. As all God's people say, Amen. Let's come and let's respond in faith. Thank you for joining us today at the church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.